Hello and welcome to the Delphian podcast. Delphian is an artist-led nomadic gallery focusing on emerging and early career artists. Each episode will feature a different art world practitioner, from artists and gallerists to collectors and curators. If you liked today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. So hello and welcome to the next edition of the Delphian Gallery podcast with me, Benjamin Murphy. And me, Nick J.S. Thompson. And our guest this week is um, the painter and podcaster, mm. Rowan Newton. Yeah, trying new things. How's it going? Good, good. I've, you know, as mentioned, I've been to the doctors today and been given the go-ahead to live another year. Yeah, so I'm all happy. right, that's yeah, good. A little quick health check. Was it on, was it on the fence? Through. Uh, <laughs> well, he seems he's too positive. Right. Well, yeah, confident, you know, my new healthier lifestyle of no drink and substances. I feel quite smug when I go into the doctors. Healthy eating, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good breakfast. Yeah, Rowan made yeah. me a very nice, very healthy breakfast the other day. Exactly. So, it was yeah. delightful. So, let's dive in. So, mm. <clears throat> I've been asking you for years now when's your solo show gonna be <laughs> yeah so now it's it's incoming yeah, yeah. it's incoming. a lifetime's work yeah. I, feel, I feel like it's a debut solo album you know that 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 rapper who just never managed to get a record contract to <laughs> just finally releasing his debut album after like 37 years yeah so give us a little rundown where is it what's happening what's the theme or the Okay, so it's going to be at Jealous Gallery, who I've been doing screen prints with for... Uh, I was debating this the other day. It might be coming up to ten years. Wow. It might be eight years. Yeah, yeah. It's mad how time flies. Um, so it's with those guys. I'm very close with um, the gallery manager, Louise, and obviously get on with Dara and the rest of the gang, and Will, who does my screen prints, I used to live with at one point as well. So, yeah, they're, you know... They're people I actually hang out with, and they're like family, and so it feels good to be putting on the show with them. It is all figurative, no portraits, which is what I'm known for doing portraits, so I wanted to kind of really uh, steer away from that and, you know, do something not completely different. It's in my style, it's all the colours that you expect and everything, but just evolve it, perhaps, is the way to say it, more forward. And actually, most of them don't even have a face in them. They're kind mm. of cropped, so you don't see a face. Mm. Maybe there's one. There's a bit. You can see like, all the sorts of size of faces or bits of faces, but really, kind of wanted to, you know, cut out the whole portrait thing. And overall, the theme. <coughs> it's about sort of. I mean, as all my work is, is it's about emotion. It's about capturing a kind of feeling and sense of emotion within you and that's kind of done through the colors through the technique of painting it and through the pose of you know previously would be the portraits and now it's the figures so even though this show is all uh women it's nude female figure even for men there should be each painting kind of gives a different emotional atmospheric vibe and one that hopefully everyone who sees the paintings can relate to, at least one, if not all of them. I think there'll be about five or six big paintings. And it's going to be about 18 little mini studies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just hope that you kind of get the sense of like, yeah, I know that feeling. I know, 
I know that situation. I know I've been there. Why is some it of them are positive, you... some of them are negative. Why is it taking you so long to do this show? I've been asking you about it for years now, haven't I? Yeah, you have. Um, you know, part of me... I have to, in myself... It's a funny... I mean, I guess all artists kind of feel... Especially practising artists who keep going and keep going, they kind of perhaps never feel they are doing the best of their ability work-wise. So that's why they do another one and another one. They just keep going and keep progressing. And perhaps before, I didn't feel it was quite there. And then, and then I decided I wanted to totally move away from the portraits. So it was almost like starting again for me. And also with the portraits, I was painting in acrylics. And then when I sort of made this decision that I wanted to progress onto whole figures, I also decided to jump over to oil painting. So it was a whole new learning process, mm. which was taking a while. And, you know, it was figuring out how I want, you know, I kind of knew how I wanted to do the portrait. But I wasn't sure how I wanted to do the figures. And it was, you know, a real learning process again from the beginning. And it, I kind of originally gave myself, I sort of thought, I'm going to give myself a year to kind of get to grips to this but it has it has taken longer and then other things popped up um me and my partner we brought a flat and things like that but it also has taken you know i'm still these five paintings six paintings have been started three years ago most of them or at least two years ago and i'm still you know i worked on them this week mm. like it's taken me this long to get to a point where i'm like yeah i'm happy with this body of work i kind of was at that point say like last july I kind of knew, like, okay, because you know, you know no one's going to book you in for next, you know, next Tuesday yeah. you can have a show, so you know you've got time. So I knew, I was like, coming to the point with all the paintings where I was like, right, we're, I'm at the finishing line mm. here, coming up to it. And this is, and so there's that whole kind of worry of people, you know, people worry like, oh, we, do you not feel you're just procrastinating? Or you could always make a little tiny chuck difference there and change mm. that there. And it's, I honestly don't feel it's been that. Like, it just has taken this long for me to be like, yeah, I feel really confident and really proud with this body of work and I'm ready to put it out there. And now, you know, hopefully the next show will be a year later rather than 37 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, because I feel like I'm in the flow. I feel like I've, I've got it down how I want to present the work and how I want to paint and stuff. But yeah, it's just taking on life. Life just gets in the way. You know, it'd be lovely if I could be in the studio five days a week, but it just isn't possible mm. living in London, you know. So how so how do you survive then as, as an artist if you're not regularly exhibiting your work? Um, well, up until three years ago, I was regular, uh, you know, in, in regular sort of group shows yeah. in London and mm -hmm. abroad, some in Germany. And also at that time, through my 20s, I was... Um, also doing a bit of commercial illustration and I worked in retail, which helped me get me through. And I was really lucky with rent. Like I paid, I was at the same flat for like 13 years at one point and I was paying 300 pounds and then 150 pounds. And then even when I left, it was just 100 pounds a month. So wow. yeah, I was lucky in that sense for such a great location as well, like right in the center of Greenwich pretty much. Um, oh, it was a nice place too. It's a place I... I've been to yeah, yeah. high ceilings. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> full of character. Really <laughs> yeah. nice flat. Um, yeah, had some wild parties there. It was good to, lots of memories in that flat. Um, 
and then later on, yeah, I kind of stopped doing retail, and then I've kind of done bits and pieces, labouring here and there, and a bit of carpentry and a bit of landscape gardening, mm. and that's kind of got me through the last three years. I was lucky, also with portraits, um, you do have the sort of advantage that people like to have their portraits painted. So you do get approached a lot by commissions. And through my twenties, I kind of didn't really want to do it. And I just wanted to do what I did and that seemed to be doing okay. So mm. I kind of shunned a lot of it. And then when I knew I wanted this step back from the exhibiting art, I kind of then sort of put the feelers back out there and contacted yeah. all these people and it was like, right, I'm taking commissions at the moment. If you say and yeah, luckily for me, quite a few a lot that came through and so I've been able to do that quietly on the side as yeah. well and yeah and that's taken up time as well actually when I think about you know I wasn't I haven't just been able to paint the show I've had to do portraits on the side and even mm. in regards to the show there were at one point there was about nine paintings for it we've trimmed down three like I want it to be and that was always a plan to do you know a batch of work but really cut it down to the best all thriller and no filler sort of thing mm. um, so the you're kind of almost like the most elusive ever because you just keep saying no to shows and you have been doing for years now you've said you said no to one of our shows we asked you to, to do a couple of years ago yeah um, again that's yeah that's been in the last three years yeah I just do one show a year and it's like a tiny little budget. yeah yeah all I've done is a charity thing yeah <laughs> which I quite enjoyed and um I've like what what appealed about that as well is the I like the test of being I think a painter should be able to paint tiny you should be yeah. able to paint large you should be able to paint super large I haven't painted super large in fairness but it's a good practice so I, yeah what I liked about my postcard is it was it was good for me to figure out how I could do it at that scale because I kind of went straight in at the whole you know kind of s standard meter size canvas because it looks impressive you know it looks kind of it demands attention and then as I've gotten older I've kind of like oh actually quite like smaller pieces smaller bits of art and how could I do that and yeah in regards to yeah yeah I have I've turned down a lot of group shows and it, it was just to give myself that breathing space I think in London, unfortunately, because of high rents and not only living, but studio, you know, studio rents. Mm. Um, you know, because I got so lucky with where I was living in Greenwich, my studio rent was pretty much the same price as my, my. yeah, <coughs> my house rent. You know, things like that. Yeah. Force artists to constantly be on this carousel of exhibiting to just stay afloat, you know, because you still got to buy materials, you still got to buy food, drink, you got to have a life, you got to you know, hopefully have a holiday once a year and all this sort of thing. Um, so yeah, you know, we're sort of forced to be on this carousel of constantly exhibiting, constantly exhibiting. And I kind of thought, I want to get off that and actually spend a year doing work and then look back on it and see what is actually worth exhibiting of that work mm. rather than forcing, forced to put every piece out. Did you like, find that taking that step back from exhibiting did that make your work more desirable because of scarcity or did you do you feel like you've kind of disappeared from people's consciousness a little bit um 
I've had flows of feeling both ways. I think for the first <coughs> year, I was kind of confident that I hadn't been gone that long and things like that. And it kind of wasn't really on my mind too much because, you know, at the time I thought, well, a year's a year, you know, flies, but it's not too, too length of time. Then the second year, I think that, and I realised I was kind of nowhere near quite where I wanted to be and maybe the emails do slow up a bit but then it was like art on the postcard that November and this tiny kind of piece of art went from as 500 pounds and then getting feedback from that it was like it done so well because there were no other opportunities so then I was like all right cool but then you know a whole second year went and I was like but again the postcard did even better that year and so that was a good sign and then every now and again there has been an email of someone going where the fuck do I buy your work? Like, yeah. Why is it so difficult? And it's like, oh, okay. That's cool. There's, there's one or two out there <laughs> noticing. So um, that's cool. And then, it, and then, you know, in time, when you just think about it, you kind of think, to a certain extent, none of it matters. What matters the most is that you do your art to the best of your capabilities and if you can show it in an exhibition, then great. You know, whether, you know, obviously it's great if everything sells and it helps pay those bills, but if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Like when you're 12 years old and incessantly drawing all the time, you just think, this is the best thing in the world. Like I'm just drawing. You know, when I did my foundation year and degree, I was just drawing all the time. I wasn't thinking, is it going to pay the bills? Is this drawing going to sell? I was just happy to be doing that all the time. So I think also you have to remind yourself to take a step back and just think, you're getting to paint and, you know, you're getting to show it to a room full of people, your mates, collectors, some people you've never met before, hopefully. You know, almost that should be enough. You know, there's no point... It's not going to aid anything stressing, thinking, have people forgotten about me? Which I have, as I said, I have, I did have that. I was like, oh, you know, for years people may have completely forgot. And then there's no point getting too much of an ego about the fact that maybe it is a bit in demand. It mm. kind of doesn't matter as long as you're happy with what you're putting out. And you're really kind of... That's why I'm so looking forward to this show. Like, I really 100% can back this be like yeah this like I'm really proud of this body of work I really took my time these paintings have had three years worth of work on them like you you know you like everyone who gets to see them I feel won't be shortchanged by that like I'll put my heart love time into this (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a (laughs) sign So what do you think about the current artist gallery system? Do you think that it works well? Oh, this is where we burn all our industry bridges. <laughs> Maybe let's just not name names. Okay, yeah. Let's be as brutal as we like. <laughs> um, I don't know where it is at the moment. I don't know. It's in, it's in a funk, I think, in this country. I don't know... I don't know how many ones I would consider good. I don't know how many of those, even in, in that get put in the, the good category, are still actually consistent throughout their roster. Mm. And how much 
Yeah, I don't know how much I've... I mean, that's why, that's why Jealous are good. Artists get an opportunity with Jealous. Do you know what I mean? It's like they've got, you know, right at the top, you've got your Bakers and Chris Levines and things like that. and But then they still, at grassroots, artists get an opportunity mm. at places like Jealous. So it's good to have, you know, galleries like that. I don't mean there's too much of that, really, where you, you, you could almost go in with like your first sort of set of ideas like look this is what I'm putting on the table and I think this could, could go with it and Jealous would consider it you know they'd mm. have that sit down with you they might not take it but they would at least have that sit down with you where as most galleries in London it's just a killer to even get your foot in through the door and and then even more so at the moment because people the galleries want the Instagram hype they want you to yeah. which I understand you know it's Kind of fair enough. They want you to already bring bring in an audience to the table, but then I also think if you're going down that route, then the artist, you know, say you are bringing a massive amount, you know, there's some artists out there easily hundred thousand plus on Instagram, then they should be able to renegotiate the percentages, because if I'm bringing, if I'm bringing a, say the galleries are eight thousand and I'm and the artist is bringing eighty thousand. Instagrammers, you know, views, uh, exposure, then there's, there's got to be, you know, and you're asking me to promote this show and promote the gallery on my Instagram account, not me particularly because I haven't got I one, but to, to those I actually do, and they're exposed, you know, expected to expose the gallery and promote it just as much as the gallery, which originally mm. was what they were supposed to be doing. And I think there's negotiation there to re-establish percentages. Um, kind of gone off a bit. But galleries in London, I don't know. And when I sort of sometimes think there aren't too many good ones, I then get shown good ones by friends of mine, such as Nick and Eric, who I do the podcast with. They'll show me. But it's just a different style of art to what... I'm used to seeing or going to see or producing yeah. myself. So you sort of realise, oh, there are good galleries, but they're still, I mean, you know, some of those galleries around the back of Fitzrovia or Mayfair, I don't know how they all survive, you know. They've, they're not on it with the whole Instagram thing and, you know, they, I guess they've just got steady collection of collectors. There are good galleries out there. There's a lot. I don't know, is there? I don't know. What, you, what do you guys read? <laughs> There's definitely a funk... There's definitely a s still too much stuck in early noughties Banksy Street art boom. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I think we'd all agree there's too many stencils. Absolutely, yeah. There's too many Mickey Mouses. Mm -hmm. um, Mickey Mouse with a machine gun. Yeah. Pop art rehashings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, and I do think that at times, and then I also think, well, maybe... You know, maybe it doesn't matter, like, a bit like what I was saying about the paintings, whether they sell or not. It's like, maybe, you know, there's a, there must be a market for it. Yeah. No one's doing Mickey Mouse and stencils if no one's buying it. It's just you very know. accessible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just it's accessible like... and, you know, people just recognise... Yeah, exactly, it's accessible. They recognise they recognize Mickey straight away. They, they know what it is. It feels comfortable. There's yeah. nostalgia. And, and that's it. that, you know, and that's yeah. there, and we don't really have to fuck with it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, okay, and that's when that's again also why I did step back because 
I think I was in shows where I wasn't really feeling all the artwork mm. in the shows. So it's like, well, I could moan and be like, oh, well, you know, stay in this or whatever. Or I could step outside of it and go, no, that's cool. Let them, that gallery and those artists do what they want to do. I don't need to be a part of that. You know, I can do my own thing. Um, and yeah, that's what I realised I wanted to do was my own bodies of work rather than throwing in a piece here or there and, and not get too bothered about if that is the direction that a lot of galleries seem to be going in. Yeah, I don't know, it's a hard one. It would be, but it'd be nice to have sort of a few more. Impressive. Oh, they say that, and then, you know, right at the upper echelons, we, you know, we are lucky in London that we have a, a Blaine Southern mm. and Gagosi, a Pace and a Gagosi. Yeah, three Gagosians. You know, um, I mean, we're spoiled, really. You can moan, moan about galleries, and then you, <laughs> you think about it, you know. Is it two white the cubes? Mid-level mid galleries there. Yeah, mid-level. It's just, it's hard, isn't it? You've got, again, it's, it's all about paying bills. You know, if you want a gallery, in, imagine how great it would be to be able to open a gallery in Soho. Mm. But mm. those bills, you know, you're competing with, you know, all those big brands, Starbucks and Reese and whatever else, barbershops and, as in the jackets. And, and Tesco Metro. <laughs> Tesco Metro, yeah, yeah. You know, so you've got to bring in the money. Well, what brings in the money? Well, Mickey Mouse brings in the money, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it just, unfortunately, London doesn't allow the galleries to take big risks in that sense because yeah. of, of the bills. Or to just be like, you know, like I heard, I remember going to Elms Leicester like 10 years ago when Adam Neat was first booming. I'm talking to the, the couple who run Elms Leicester. And they'd been doing street art throughout the sort of nineties, late nineties, early nineties, for eleven years before they actually started selling anything. So they've mm. been doing shows with Futura, Anthony Lister really early. Um I can't think of who else. They had like four, maybe even Jose Parla might have been one of them. They had about four great artists from around the world, but mm. just nothing sold. But they were just brave enough, bold enough and maybe stupid enough to a certain <laughs> extent to just keep going. I think that's the same with us artists. You know, we're nuts. We're going into a room yeah. and painting and drawing all day long, thinking anyone's going to give a fuck. But you kind of, <laughs> if you persist long enough, people do, for some reason, start giving a fuck. And you, you know, gotta be, you got to be a special kind of narcissist to do this job. Yeah, to yeah. Just sit on your own in a room for a bit. Do some drawing and then show it to the world and go, this is fucking good, guys. Get involved. Yeah, yeah. Get involved. Yeah, yeah. Where's your wallet, for God's sake? Oh, totally. I like when people ask, I don't even say artists, I'm a painter. And most people just assume a painter and decorator. And I'm kind of fine with that because it's like, you know, it's almost like how, you know what? Like, you just go, oh, I sit in a room and paint. I think the natural instinct is to distrust when someone's for for the like non art world public. When you say I'm an artist, they're like, oh right, what do you really do? Yeah, exactly. Of course, we all are, mate. Don't worry about that. I'll fucking write a couple of words poetry down each night. Fucking artist. Yeah, you do feel yeah a bit of a trickster. So I think if yeah, it's in a funk, but maybe that's not the gallery's fault. You know, maybe if rents are a bit cheaper, galleries could go, right, is what who I can see are four cracking artists uh, with low profiles and, 
you know, and they might not even think they're at their top of their game, but they can just see a little something. Now, like, let me get in here now, because yeah. if I help these artists put a bit of money in their pocket, I could see the work developing into something great. Spend a few years now. Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. And yeah. then maybe five, six years down the line, you know, it's all guns blazing. Mm. But what the fuck is... Yeah, I yeah. think like... You know, things like, like Hang Up seem to be doing well. And they kind of did it, you know, they did, um, they, they kept the, the, the bank rolling by doing all the Banksy secondary market. And, you know, you get a lot of emails from them and you can kind of think, oh, you know, more Banksy, more Banksy. But actually, fair enough, you know, they, they did put aside a little group of artists. Um, oh, my mind's going a bit blank at the moment. Who's the biro guy on the letters? Uh, Mark Powell. Huh? Mark Powell? Yes, Mark Powell, Yeah. Um, a couple of others, so they have really stood by some artists and mm. nurtured them from the beginning, and to keep, yeah, to keep the lights on, they've done a sort of Banksy secondary market print, and now mm. they've gone into sort of Invaders and everything. That was quite clever. That was, you know, and they've developed. You know, the gallery's gotten bigger. It's kind of mm. gone a bit closer into central London each time they've moved and. Yeah, I suppose, in, good I suppose the only problem with that is you've got to be very careful about how that all the stuff you're selling secondary market impacts on the artists you're showing in the first place, like how that it's... What, as in my overshadows? How, or? Yeah, and also how it links in with the artists you're showing as well, like whether that's yes. goes against the ethos of the gallery. Yeah, yeah, or the sort of, yeah, the look of and style of the other artists. I think back in the day, in like... In like in art history, the artists were essentially tradesmen who relied on the patronage of um, a wealthy baron right. or whatever, or the yeah, church. Yeah. Mm. And it seems like galleries used to kind of fill that role and pick up these young artists, recognise a little bit of talent, and then nurture them through mm. throughout their careers. But nowadays, it seems like, or for I suppose the artwork, the art world on the whole. Um, is that you need to have kind of some level of success before you get picked mm. up? Yeah, by yeah. The gallery. And then, and then also, if you don't have that success with that particular gallery, they, they you just don't, you know, you no longer hear from. Them. Mm. I've had two instances, you know, three years ago, and this was again another reason. It's just like ah, I'm kind of jarred with all this. I need a break. But like, so about four or five years ago. People approaching me, hi, we want to show your work, we're doing it like this, doing like that. Another one was a gallery abroad, we're doing it like that. And then in the end, and I was a bit like, yeah, but are you going to, because I knew I was at a point where I was like, I don't want just to like be in one of your group shows and mm. then that's it, if it doesn't work out the first time. Like, I'm looking for support, like say nurturing, that we keep at it. Like, mm. if you work with me and I work with you, I honestly believe we can do this mm. like it can go somewhere like yeah 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 both instances tried it once or one of them they tried it twice in two different art fairs another one was an actual gallery abroad it didn't pan out sales wise and then just stopped hearing from them mm. you know like one of them she because i was kind of against it it's kind of like i'm not sure i just want to you know, jealous do the art fairs. I mm. kind of got the, the 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 person wants to do just the art fairs. I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure about that kind of route. And you know, they wind wind and dined me, and kept taking it out really on my case, like like about like joining the team and all of this, and like 
you know, really went for it. It wasn't just like a little quick chat over mm. a, a phone or anything. And then, yeah, and then you just stopped hearing from her when it didn't work out. And it's like, grow a backbone. Like, we're all adults. What do you think I'm going to do? Like, I, can, can't, I can see. I know you, these art fairs cost a lot of, you know, money. Mm. Understand. But, like, communicate. Mm. Sake, like, <laughs> I don't know. So that's a nice segue there, because we, when we saw each other the other day for breakfast, we then bumped into each other at Les Mar- mm. and at an art fair. <laughs> Keep it vague. And then we both had, and this is what an art fair in January. Well, I mean, nobody knew it was January until you just said that. <laughs> oh, no, I, did on, I did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, we both had a little bit of a whinge about it. Yeah, it was a brief, a brief whinge. I think. Yeah, I was. I was moaning yesterday as well about it to someone. It, but and again, I th- I kind of came to the same conclusion. I think it's the same problem. It's these art fairs charge a for you know I know because I talked to Dario about the business side of art a lot and Louise, so I know how much these stands cost. And you know it's an outrageous amount. And then mm. the ticket prices are an outrageous <laughs> amount. Now I'm. You know, we're lucky we're in a position where we can get in for free. You know? I wouldn't be going if I wasn't getting it for free. <laughs> I, I would go, but like when I went on Saturday, I went with a crew of about seven of us. Like It's a good opportunity to mm. meet up with some mates, hang out, see some art. It's good fun. It's culture. It's nice. But if I wasn't able to get a bunch of free tickets, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that because mm. I, I wouldn't want to... Make my friends feel they've all got to spend. What is this? I think that might have been about sixteen pound something. Maybe yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe four. Yeah. Maybe on the yeah. fourteen. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit crazy. But I mean, anything over twelve is like you know you can't ask six of your mates to spend you know pretty almost an hour's wages on like going to look at some art. You yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear now we're talking about London art, aren't we? <laughs> January. Put it out here. Um, I mean, it should you be said that there, January. there is a few galleries that doing some interesting shit there, like um, Union and Carb and Jealous. Yeah. But it seems like it's just all, every year it's the same. It's just like the same prints from the same big names. I would say, yeah, I say, when you first go into that fair, that first ground level is on the good. Right. Oh, but I, think, right. I, I, like, and I like the traditional stuff on the left. Yeah, right. And I think, and on the right, it seems to be different galleries every year, pretty much. And it's always been strong. That yeah. Just that first entrance is a strong beginning. And then it kind of peters out. And then you have the project area, which is always quite interesting, up on the upper level, off to the side. The thing is, I still like the art fair. I like the range. You've got everything. You know, you've got some cool stuff that that I like that's kind of in our scene like I can't remember his name New York artist Jerome Chagir or something he, he shows with a French gallery you know you see some charming bakers there, there are stuff in our sort of contemporary scene that I like then there's old traditional mm. stuff then there's the more sort of I don't know you know sort of run of the mill sort of stuff you might see in Barnes or Richmond galleries and there's um, the Ikea shit. Yeah, there's the Ikea shit. I actually quite like it for that. There's a range. There's a bit of everything there. And I see a wide scope. And it reminds me how much I hate. But... <laughs> and, you know... See, what I hate is often more... Oh, yeah, yeah. You get more from that than... Yeah, you could like. probably count on one hand how many pieces you end up liking once you leave. Maybe two hands. Um... And there are a lot of Damien Hirst's spot prints, and there are a lot of Banksy's. 
And again, it's because they've got to pay the bill for that stand. Yeah. And But what particularly I noticed this year is the bunch I went with this year also came with me last year. And they were all convinced that the same art was being shown on the same stand. I have seen that, yeah. Well, I don't think it was that. I was saying to them, it's not, but the stands have gone from a very formulaic, showing the same four artists, which, I, you know, it's, it's like, oh, pros and cons. Like, I like the fact they're sticking with those mm. four artists. Yeah. And them just like shoved them out the door and got in a whole brand new four. But yeah, they were showing like the same eyes in exactly the same place on the stand. Mm -hmm. Exactly the same sort of theme of art work, yeah. pretty much. So when you go, like I could tell the difference. But most of my mates, when they were looking at them, were like, this exact same way it was here last year. I was like, oh no, last year she was looking that way. This year she's looking that way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not. And and I'm sure that gallery has a roster more than four. So like show four mm. that year, different four the next year, and then go back to the other four the third year again and maybe do it like that. But and again here, yeah, I don't know how much that does bother me, but as I say, my friends who aren't so much in the art world definitely were convinced like they kept saying it throughout the whole two hours we were there. They were like, Every stand has got the same artwork from last year. And I was like, No, artwork does bloody sell, it's just so that's a bit of a, a worry, I think, for the London Art Fair in that terms. I just, I would love to know how much of a profit is made. And if it's a disgusting amount, then stop doing it. <laughs> bring the prices of the stands down and bring the price of the tickets down in the hope that it actually drives more people in. You never think, know. Though, do you not think that... And so then galleries could take are, more risks. I'd love some more installations of that art fair. Yeah, but I mean, art fairs are not gen not generally that interesting or exciting. So just giant supermarkets of art. Yeah, maybe really, it's not so. for us. Maybe we're not the target demographic. Oh, I see. It's for the buyers, I think. Uh, mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree with that. So I was talking to my friend yesterday, and she travels all around the world for art fairs, and she loves the art fairs going on in in America, L.A., New York. She's off to New York in a couple of weeks for Volta and everything. She mm. loves what's going on in Hong Kong and other, you know, various cities around the world. It's just art fairs in London have just taken a dive. Like, I really liked art 13, 14 and 15. That was a lot more interesting. There was big installations and areas. Everything was given room to breathe. It had more of a grandeur about it. That was another exciting fair, but again... They don't do that anymore, do they? No, no. it didn't pull in the money. Mm. Yeah, it didn't pull in the money. Just... And, and they were pissing off galleries with their high charges of the stands and then lack of sales. Mm. But, you know, the galleries aren't going to get pissed off and refuse to do it the following year if you don't charge so much. And, yeah, maybe get more people through the door. I do think there is... Something to be said for getting in a younger crowd, even though they're probably definitely not going to buy. Hmm. I think, you know, if you look at that big Miami Basil week where everything's going on around, is it November, late November? Hmm. It's like the trendy thing to go. And I'm not saying art should be trendy, but like it gets all ages in, you know, it gets the older generation who appreciate art. It gets the, the sort of middle-aged generation who are perhaps, the, you know, the new influx of buyers and collectors and it also pulls in a young crowd and it and then that kind of makes everyone 
want to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can get that, like when we were at around London Art Fair, it's, it's a very much a middle-aged crowd and to an older crowd. Mm. You know, you don't, you're not going around it thinking, this is cool. I'm thinking cool <laughs> right now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and as I say, not that art, you know, should be cool or, you know, it, should, it has to have that pressure on it. But I think there would be something said for just somehow pulling in a younger crowd. Yeah, I don't think it should be cool, but it should certainly be exciting. Yeah, exciting, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, yeah perhaps, yeah. yeah, I'm wording it wrong. And yeah, yeah, it needs Something to be to thrown apply. about and debated what's the right yeah, yeah. term. Yeah, exciting. More creative, perhaps. Mm. More, more edgy? Does well, it need to be edgy? <laughs> there's a gap in the market for a, for a young cutting-edge art fair then isn't yeah, it? yeah definitely totally different and and what and else? how do you do that well, without, the, without making some bank well exactly so, and to, to put on an art fair you need to hire a huge location which costs a huge amount of money need a big so gazebo need a giant gazebo yeah, <laughs> yeah so you're already off to a loser aren't you yeah really? it's but difficult it's, yeah. and what else was pointed out to me yesterday by a friend which i hadn't clocked so much myself is the artwork and this is the same with my artwork so i'm not i'm not cussing it at all but the artwork of that art fair is all pretty artwork. You know, it's nice. Yeah. It looks nice. It's it's decorative style of artwork. There's not too much at that for art fair that's really saying something or making a bold statement, whether it's mm. politically or whatever, you know. It's got to be saleable. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. There's nothing really like, you know, shocks you or, or chokes you. You're like, oh, yeah, gosh, wow. Yeah, that's really opened my eyes. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's in a weird, so apart from that, we've, oh sorry, I'm going to end up naming them all, we've got <laughs> London Art Fair, right? Other than there's Freeze, I've never actually been to Freeze, I'm not in this country. Freeze uh, is like just half amazing, it. half just, is it? Like, I would like to go, sales. it's just been mm. a more of a financial mm. thing. Um, I mean, thank God we've got Freeze, really, it kind of helps put us on the map a bit. Yeah. Affordable, you know, that works really well, that whole brand. But again... I mean, time is. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not... What what was the better word than cool? What did you say? Exciting. It's not exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not exciting. And the name is a bit... It's, it's the most well. Ikea of the art brands, Yes, yeah. yeah. But it's also the most easily the most successful, you know. Well, because it's successful, isn't it? It's affordable. It's affordable. <laughs> yeah, accessible. yeah, it's yeah. all so, in the name. So, I mean, it sort of makes sense, but... Yeah, yeah. but, yeah, and then apart from that, what else is there? You know, there's a couple we won't name out, but they're not in a great place either right now. Um, I guess the summer show, which isn't an art fair, right? It's it's a show, but you can mm. purchase, can't mm. you? Yeah. That's perhaps the most interesting. Do you enter art competitions? Go. I do, yeah. A lot each year. No yeah. luck. No. <laughs> well, yeah. Every now and then, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna enter this, and I do. Doesn't that? Doesn't that? Nothing happens. And, mm. and then I'm like, right, I'm not entering again. And then, and then you do. Well, do you or it. not? Yes, but why not? Because it's like any. You got to be in it. To, you're you got, definitely not gonna be selected if you're not in it. Yeah, true. And you yeah, can't you expect keep... like, oh, this is the first time I've ever done it, and there's gonna be four thousand other entrants, and I'm gonna be yeah. one of that twenty that get picked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. And I also think there's something in those things of just a... F although judge eager panels change a lot, but also the familiarity. Do you know, yeah. like, mm. oh, I, I do actually think I yeah. remember this idea. Yeah. And that is an improvement. And then by the sixth year, they're like, 
you know what? It is that person's time. Just fucking let this guy in. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of those entry things are expensive, aren't they? Yeah. I think the, uh, the portrait one, the beefy portrait, I think it was 40 quid. How do you feel about that? Like paying to enter for these competitions? Sponsored by BP. Exactly. Yeah, that's like, a good surely point. You shouldn't they should have to be, pay. Yeah. yeah, they should be paying. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Oh, yes. Well, and even even less now. I think before, when I first started entering, you actually had to take the artwork somewhere. Mm. So they had to rent a location. Had to get people who mm. you know check it in, check it out, uh, file it away. Then people have to bring it out for the, the judges to view, put it away. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into that. I guess now that it's all done online, though, the switchover was about five years ago, I think. Yeah, that's that is a good point. So there's no, a big okay. budget save there. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're not they're not showing it back to us. Um, yeah, that one is the most painful. Most of them are about tenor. I don't mind ten pounds. I don't have such a problem with, say, like the smaller or like mid-level galleries doing an open call, charging a bit of money to enter, because mm. that can often pay for like the more interesting stuff they do later down the line. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like BP, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what? Yeah. I don't know why. I've never thought of this. Because yeah. they can't afford to. I mean, and the portrait they... gallery loads do quite well. You know, well, they're not what struggling. BP sponsoring it for then? Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are they putting on? <laughs> yeah. They're providing the booze on the opening night, perhaps. Yeah. So would you be tempted to start something yourself? Like, say, there's there's no perfect gallery for you, you feel, or perfect fair, would you consider starting something? Obviously, it's a lot of work. <sighs> not, yeah, not, not a gallery. Um, I feel in that sense, there are opportunities for the artist where... I mean, I'm not sure the gallery thing's working overall. I think a lot of galleries are now closing down but still um, working as an online gallery and and doing pop-ups when needs be. So, and I think that's the same for artists. Like, there are some opportunities out there, you know, um, and in my case, Jealous made perfect sense for me. Mm. But if Jealous didn't make sense for me and Jealous wasn't there... You can get off your own back, um, go on one of those appear here sites. There's mm. another one, I can't remember what it Storefront. is. Storefront? No. And um, and rent your own place. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does cost money. You considered that, didn't you? I did consider, yeah, that was the plan at one point. And then, yeah, you just, you just say, jam in with your mates, I'm jamming with Louise and moaning about this, that and the other. And then it's like, yeah, why don't you just use you know the people around you mm-hmm. and in two senses there's a a friend of mine who has a fashion house Christina is sponsoring the show and it's the same thing it's like a light bulb her and Louise in like the, the, I was like well, you know maybe I'm taking on a bit too much here and why I've got like great friends mm-hmm. and people around me that can help mm-hmm. really make this into bigger than what I can by, yeah. by myself you know you again I'm I'm um Saying two different things here. I'm saying, oh, it's can do it all by themselves. The problem, but also there's a lot to be said for a good team, like mm. you guys working together. You know, for the years that you have done before you even started up the whole Delphine brand. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's good to have a good team of people around you, and I have that. You know, also Charlotte and Nicholas. You know, it really helps, and it's definitely going to make you better. Mm. Um, 
because it is it is it, like so many things have to go right so yeah. many molecules have to just bump into each other at the right time for it to go great and there's a big chance that won't even happen but again in fact like in the competitions you know if you are all working at it it could happen but it's definitely takes a bunch of them to all connect at once but no so i wouldn't so more tangents i wouldn't wouldn't want to open my own gallery because i think ultimately you could do a pop-up it's not when i was told it was louise actually told me about a pier here when i realized there were these sites that listed all these shops i was, mm. I was amazed i was like this is fucking brilliant you know the opportunities for people in fashion and music wherever it might be to just get a great location mm. in soho or peckham or wherever it might be and put on a night or a week's worth of stuff or whatever is a great opportunity yeah there are price you know there were there were bills with you know mm. if i wanted to do it myself but i don't know if you really want to do it you'll pull your finger out and you you'll make that money do you think mm. it's a bit exclusionary though like the the big upfront cost to rent somewhere yourself like having to fund it and in the knowledge that you might not make it back yeah you might not make it back but then if you do you ain't got to split with a gallery true yeah true. exactly i think i kind of think if you've got the confidence to get to the point where you're like I think I could rent out a shop and put on a show. Mm. You're probably going to sell at least one or two things. You know, if you're that, you know, if you believe in yourself that much, others will believe in you. Um, but also, as I said earlier, is it the end of the world? Like, you would have had such a buzz off putting on that show yourself, having that opening night, getting the feedback and the reactions. Mm. You know, even if it's not all positive, it'd be a massive fantastic learning curve and yeah it may cost you three four grand but you know yeah and you may have had to work in Sainsbury's for the last six months to get that money together or do whatever you know be a delivery driver or something but I don't think you'd regret it no I don't think you'd be like oh fuck's sake I just wasted three grand I think you'd be yeah. like yeah no that I did it I can pat myself on the back maybe you won't do it again or maybe you think yeah we'll do it again but maybe I'll do it slightly different or I'll just do it exactly how I did or whatever. But also you can look in other ways of doing it. So, you know, maybe you'll get four artists together but won't have a group show, but each artist puts on their show every two days. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I get yeah. the first two days, you get the next two days, you get the next, and you do it like that. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. Fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, you just got to get your head around it. There's different mm -hmm. ways of doing it. Um, or you do it with... Like, I know someone who's got a microbrewery. So you say, look, I'm going to put on this event. You put on a bar. You're, you're connected to a cool thing. I'm, I've got to stop using cool, exciting thing. <laughs> this exciting event with hopefully exciting work that you you like as well. And it, it promotes your little microbrewery in the depths of South London. So why did you, you know? Decide? And they, they could carry on running it as a bar during the week or whatever mm. and make a bit of money. You know, you can figure out little ways of doing it. Mm. So why did you decide to start a podcast? Um, art proof podcast, by the way. Sorry? I'm art just... proof. Yes, yes, art proof. Yeah, I should be bigging that up. Um, well, now's your chance. With, yeah, with uh, Nicholas Stavery and Eric Thorpe. Um, yeah, it's been something on my mind for a couple of years because 
I would go out with a bunch of people. Like my first sort of entry into this sort of scene um, was through like a couple of characters like Ben Oakley and then another guy called Geffen. And I would join them on Thursday nights, like going around private views. And then, and then you soon realise there's kind of a network of these kind of slightly older guys who do a lot of the private views and know a lot of their stuff. And, you know, have interesting opinions and views and stuff. And then, you know, more often than not, you end up going to a pub afterwards and really chewing the fat of the land about the shows you've just been to. What worked? What isn't work? What, what's coming up? What, what is exciting? What's, you know, what could that artist do in the future perhaps to help themselves? What shouldn't they do because it's, it's having a negative impact? Just these great conversations every week. And then um, a bit further down the line, I met Charlotte and Nick and went round more with them. And they were both on the business side of art. And again, I'm with them breaking it down in even more detail. And they brought a lot more sort of aspects to the table that I hadn't thought about. And I just was, and, and other artists would, you know, want to join us. Like the Static Boys would like to like come and join us and sit with us afterwards and discuss and debate things. and various other people and I would be sitting there and I'd be like other people would like to hear this shit you know how many times have you heard students complain on fine art courses or illustration courses saying we were never taught about the business side mm-hmm. we were never like we literally just painted for three years chucked out into the real world and now we've got no fucking idea like me mm-hmm. personally I was in illustration so I never knew I never had plans on painting or getting into galleries at that point so when I first did, after uni, and they said 50%, I thought I was getting mugged off. Mm-hmm. What's that about 50%? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> for what? Doing all this work for, you know, it doesn't work like that in, you know, if you've got an agent in illustration, I'd say like 10, 10 to, not even 30, you know, 10, 20%. And, you know, yeah, so it's like, and if it's an online one, even less, you know. So I was really shocked. So even just things like that, I was just like, I truly believe people i've never sat here and pe- with people after the shows and someone's looked bored people mm. are passionate yeah. they're talking about stuff they're debating they're arguing they're falling out <laughs> <laughs> like it's great content and i think people would enjoy listening to it and i'd also think it's just be great for young people young students or even non-students who want to get into the art world and things they perhaps should think about or be aware of or I feel like the art world for a while, maybe like your 70s, 80s, 90s, and even maybe now still, gallerists. So when I was told 50%, for example, I went round other galleries in London. Mm. I was like, right, well, I'm fucking... Because he was like, well, that's the standard. Rah, rah, rah. And I was like, I couldn't say it wasn't. I didn't know. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, bloody... I'll find out that's a fucking standard. <laughs> Why not? Mm. And I went into four galleries, and all of them refused to tell me. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Wow. So I was like, well... No more the wiser. Yeah. Um, and I feel like galleries have been like that. They've been a bit, oh, we don't want to let our secrets out. And we, you know, it's behind closed doors. And, you know, we don't want to let on that it's this and that. Or, you know, we might have secret f- uh, f- funding or, you know, all these different aspects. And it's like, in this day and age now with social media and everything else, it doesn't matter. 
Mm. And I think the new give them new information. Yeah, I think the, the new generation of people coming up as well can see like yeah, see, more intuitive, and they can see through the sort of like yeah, yeah, veil and they'll trust there. you and believe in you if you're upfront with them mm. and honest and help. You know, it's not yeah, it's not going to take away from you. Like I don't, I don't stress it as other people do colourful portraits. Like, there's, there's only so many I can do in a year. There's only so many yeah. they can do in a year. There's, you know, there's, there's nine million in London alone people, never mind the whole world. We've got access to the whole world now through social mm. media. Mm. Like, you know, big everyone up. I'm not paranoid about who else is doing colourful artwork. Like, it, there's more than enough people out there. There's more of enough audience. Like, let everyone know how to get the best out themselves and for themselves, for their creativity. You know, like I was saying, like, I really do believe artists are in a position to barter on that percentage these days. You know, they're bringing a massive following to the table. And I learn things like that from, I take from other aspects, like I listen a lot how people are doing stuff in the music scene, how people like Skepta are doing stuff in the grime scene, how Kevin Hart does stuff moving from comedy into movies. So when I realised we should be doing that percentage thing with galleries is when I heard Kevin Hart in an interview say that he brought he did a movie with Sony. I think at the time he had a huge, you know, I think now one million is pretty standard, but he had a million on Instagram at the time of this interview, which was a big deal. And he, he brought out this movie with Sony and Sony were like, oh, you haven't been promoting it on your Instagram, get promoting it on your Instagram. And he said, oh, Oh, cool, yeah, I'll bring up my um, lawyer and get him to write up a contract. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, that's my time yeah. and money that I've been doing to build up that one million yeah. followers on Instagram. That doesn't just happen. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want access to it, yeah, I'll invoice you. I'll charge you for that. <laughs> I thought, like, the light bulb went on. It's like, fuck, yeah. You know, people like Henrik, who I think is on 600-something thousand... It's, it's a people. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I think that's more than any gallery. So it's like, yeah. you know, he could sell it himself. I mean, in some in some instances, I do wonder. You know, Henrik's one. I'd like to sit down and have those. Talk. I don't know how Frankie would be on in a podcast about it. But maybe even just in a private chat. You know, why? Why are you even? You know, as I said to you, Nick Verge on Instagram, who's got, I think he's around 200 and something thousand followers, um, said in the new year via Instagram that he was now going to sell completely through his website. Which, you know, great. Mm. Good for so him. Social media does kind of democratise yeah. it. Like, yeah. you gives, know, I think these galleries need to pull their finger out a bit. It's like, well, hold up, you know, some of these guys don't even need you. Right, six hundred something thousand. He can go and put on a show probably anywhere, and because again, there's only so many paintings he can do to a worldwide yeah. audience. Yeah, you know, twelve paintings. He could probably put it on in God knows where. You know, Turkey, and he's still going to sell those twelve. <laughs> you know, people all around the world. There are twelve people who don't care where that artwork is. Yeah, they fucking want that artwork. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, how do we even get on? And that is it, this, and you know, and that's why I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> get another tangent. Uh, so, I, yeah, I kept thinking this in the pub, and then eventually I said to Charlotte, I said, "She do a podcast." Like I really, really, and she's she's great, and she's always positive about things. And 
and encourages. So she's like, yeah, fucking do it. And this was like two and a half years ago. And it just kind of, yeah, I don't know, life again, life day. You know, I haven't even managed to get a bloody show out yet. Never mind a podcast. You know, I did a, mm. a solo show. Um, so I was talking about it and talking about it. Uh, but also keeping it just between me and her. I was a bit like, that always been a bit guarded mm. about. Like, I, think, I think there's something in this and no one seems to really be doing it. Quite in the format that I was thinking at the time. Um, and then every now and again, she would bring up, well, what's, you know, that podcast idea was a good idea. Mm. When are you going to pull your finger out about that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I sort of was like, okay, I think beginning of last year, I said to Nick, right, I've had this idea. Originally, I thought it'd be me, you and Charlotte, but Charlotte's doing business all around the world. She's in like, she's never in London long enough. So we need a third person. And we need to figure that out. So he brought a third person to the table, who was Eric. We all got on really well. Eric brought another aspect to the table. I like the fact that one's an artist, one's working in a gallery in a sort of sales capacity, and another one's doing art journalism. I like those kind of different angles and opinions. And then it was like, cool. And then, yeah, the ball got rolling. And especially, I have to say, actually, more due to Eric and Nick with kind of getting it done and getting artists in and I'm kind of there going it should be like this and trying to direct it <laughs> driving them both a bit mad I think um, but yeah and, and I still believe it and I was just noticing that also on because I was in my younger days very much into like um, trainer culture skateboard culture hip hop culture uh, streetwear culture and I was starting to notice all those kind of blogs and magazines were focusing or giving art a lot more light than they used to be. Mm. And I thought, it's definitely picking up. Like, I don't think it's going to be su- such a niche audience. Like, I feel like art is, is much more out there with young people. You know, the likes of Jay-Z, Pharrell and Kanye kind of really investing in George Kondo and cause and, and then Swiss Beats has brought a huge amount of light onto the, the art scene as well. And so when that happened again, it was like, oh, I need to get on with this. Like, it's definitely getting loads more exposure. Um, and yeah, and eventually got there. And yeah, I just, I just want it to be a chat with various artists, gallerists, collectors, all sorts, talking about the art world and their opinions and their debates. And hopefully yeah. people will be into that. Cool. Well, that's yeah. a pretty good way to end this one, I think. Cool, yeah. yeah, definitely. Cool, well, thank you for coming. No, my pleasure. Thanks for your time and thanks for letting me come over. It's it's, it's good to talk. All right. <laughs> See you later. See you later.